Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is May 26th, 2023. It is Friday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Grow Your Own Optimist. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, the great courageous act we must all do is to have the courage to step out of our history and past so we can live our dreams by Oprah Winfrey. So we are drinking Dark Fae from Sip a Spell, and next week you get a new tea reveal. I'm so excited. So after drinking a cup of this Trickster Mate blend, you'll feel ready to join the Fae Army and take on your day. Traditional Yerba Mate elegantly balances the spirit of chai spices with the essence of tropical fruit undertones. Uh, So let's get into it. We've been talking about aniseed and anise. Uh, We talked about the history, the health benefits, the culinary, and today we're talking about the witchcraft. So this is from magicalspot.com. Anise is associated with the element of air, the god Apollo, and the planets Mercury and Jupiter. Anise seed, um, hang an anise seed head from your bed spot to restore lost youth. Interesting. Use anise in dream pillows to keep away nightmares and, and ensure a good night's sleep. Fresh anise leaves or anise seeds used in potpourri will protect a room from evil spirits and intentions. It can be used in holy waters for blessings and exorcisms. And it is said that the scent stirs up lust. Anise seeds carried in a sachet will will ward off the evil eye. And anise aids in divination and can be added to ritual bath and or burned while meditating or divining love easy peas i feel like anise is one of those uh really versatile magical herbs like like i genuinely feel like you could have like five herbs and just be like good to go right you have like a rosemary like this kind of pungent but very feminine herb you can have basil um orange and then one with heat like uh cayenne and then like anise for uh this like this like vitality and i feel like just those four you could get very far and probably do most of what you need to do um anyways we are doing a fun article today because it is fun friday so if you are like me and you love a documentary And, like, not to be that person, but, like, I loved documentaries back when, like, no one liked documentaries. (laughs) And the pickings weren't good back then. Like, you had to watch very obscure things if you liked documentaries. But now, 
There's documentaries constantly and on all sorts of things. So this is eight obscure paranormal documentaries that will scare you out of your mind. And this is from the lineup. First is Haxon. For our first documentary about the supernatural, we have to go all the way back to one of the oldest surviving documentaries that still exists. Benjamin Christensen's legendary 1922 silent film, Hexen. The ambitious Swedish film chronicles witchcraft through the ages, the title under which it was initially released in the United States. Through a combination of documentary footage and dramatic reenactments of medieval superstitions and beliefs. Uh, yeah, that actually seems really cool. Oh, I kind of want to watch it, but it does look very spooky. <laughs> oh, it's silent. Oh. Mm. Um, next one is UFO. In a world filled with documentaries and often lazily researched docuseries about unidentified flying objects and the possibility that we are not alone in the solar system, one of the most influential and eeriest remains, one of the first... Producer Clarence Green made the film UFO in 1956, just a few years after the term had been coined, inspired in part by his own encounter with an unidentified flying object. Next one, Wisconsin Death Trip. Adapted from the notorious 1973 book of the same name, James Marsh's 1999 film combines voiceover narration from actor Ian Holm, reading contemporary newspaper accounts with silent black-and-white reenactments of historic tragedies that rock the residents of Black River Falls, Wisconsin in the late 1800s. Ugh. Oh, this next one's going to be too much. Next is Beware the Slender Man. We all know that Slender Man isn't real, right? One of the most famous creepypastas, Slender Man was created by Eric Knudsen on Something Awful Forums in June of 2009, and yet Slender Man has accomplished something few other paranormal entities have managed. He was responsible for a near-fatal stabbing in 2014. Um, next one is Demon House. It isn't, as Dread Central Steve Barton said, one of the single most compelling documentaries of the existence of the supernatural that I have ever witnessed. Or, as Kenny Biddle claims, filmed in a documentary style but doesn't portray real events. Either case, um, the flick Demon House follows Zach Baggins as he purchases a home in Gary, Indiana that was uh, the site of... Uh, demonic activity so severe that child services got involved. Ooh. Spooky. And then we have a few more. Uh, the Bray Road Beast, if you're into cryptids. Uh, basically, this is kind of like a small town monster cryptid documentary. Um, uh, from the Mothman to Point Pleasant to the Boggy Creek creature in Royal, Arkansas. So if you're into cryptids, that's a good one. Uh, the Bray Road Beast. Next, we have The House in Between. Another paranormal investigation. Um, from the Jackson House in Mississippi. And then we have, oh, this one's, oh, these are always so interesting to me. An Unknown Compelling Force. That's the name of the documentary. In 1959, nine experienced hikers perished under the mysterious circumstances in Russian Jural Mountains, the event which has become to be known as Divlov Pass Incident. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. So they kind of talk about like uh, Devlov Pass, which is very creepy and interesting. So if you're into documentaries, looking to watch one this weekend, um, that's a really kind of uh, diverse list from witchcraft to supernatural to cryptids to just true crime and spooky. So you have something to pick from. All right, witches, I am throwing this over to our moon correspondent. And after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Friday, May 26th. The waxing crescent moon graciously gives an encore in Leo today. Here, the moon squares Uranus. A square to Uranus can cause some upsetting mishaps throughout your day. They could be as small as tripping over your own feet or as big as a tree falling in front of your car. Any way you look at it, Uranus is determined to inconvenience you today. This can be frustrating, especially when these annoyances are out of your control. However, getting angry will not make this day go smoother. In fact, it may cause you to make more mistakes that could snowball into another disruption. The only way to deal with this energy is with determined calm. When something gets in your way, take a deep breath, deal with the disturbance, and continue about your day. Your daily moon mantra is, rule number one is don't sweat the small stuff. Rule number two is that it's all small stuff. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. From the pages of Which Way Magazine comes a new collection of stories by longtime fiction contributor Olivia Blake called Grow Your Own Optimist. Featuring a never-before-seen short story, Grow Your Own Optimist is often romantic, occasionally satirical, and always unexpected. These surprising tales of demons, devil's advocates, dystopia, and dating remind us that there is magic to be found in the dark places. Olive Blake is a New York Times best-selling author of The Atlas Six and several other books, including the Which Way anthology, The Answer You Are Looking For Is Yes, and the novella La Petite Mort. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Goblin Prince Toddler, and Rescue Pitbull. Find the new anthology series, Grow Your Own Optimist, by Olive Blake, wherever books are sold. All right, so... If you remember, last Friday, we played a game as one of our listeners lovingly referred to it as Witchy Roulette, where we uh, opened up a book of occultist history and picked a story and we talked about it. Well, I was very intrigued by this, so I did some research. Of course I did. Last weekend about it. So we talked about the nuns of Loden who became possessed by all of these demons, specifically Osmodeus, um, who uh, has access to the devil's file cabinet for some reason. And uh, this priest, I, I was calling him a friar. Wrong. I was wrong. F-R stands for father. So he's just a priest. So uh, they went after Grandier, this priest, who was just having a little too good of a time out there for 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 people's liking and so he got blamed for all these possessed 
a possession saying that he had signed a pact with the devil. I posted a photo of the pact on Facebook. Um, I promise we're getting a discord. Just give me like, give me like till next month, please. Um, I just haven't had like the energy to do all that. But um, Osmodius uh, apparently provided, which, ugh, anyways, provided this pact from the devil. It had Grandier's signature, and that was used to put him to trial and ultimately to death. Now, I looked into it. Oh, my gosh, the political stuff involved was nuts. So let's dig into kind of what we think happened here. Now, so we know about the stuff, right? The nuns were possessed. Uh, one of them said it was Grandier, even though he had never met any of them. And what ensued was just endless. So the behavior of the nuns when they were possessed just grew increasingly erratic and sensational, drawing so much attention. So first, the Bishop of Poitiers dispatched a contingent um of learned theologians to like go handle it he's like go examine them figure out what's up so we can fix this so the bishop had to kind of get involved right however it was just getting worse and finally cardinal uh richelieu and i did look up that pronunciation that sounds like it should be incorrect it is not um, but Cardinal Richelieu, uh, was like, okay, Bishop, you clearly aren't handling this. So I'm going to have to get involved. Now, here's the thing. Cardinal Richelieu had issues with Grandier from the very beginning. So how convenient for him to be like, oh, wait, problem? Where? Who? Oh, I'll take care of it. Hmm. Suspicious because he and Gr he and Grandier had a past and they did not like each other. So the tempestuous affair took an, an unexpected turn when Cardinal uh, Rigelieu, very influential, decided to intercede. Provoked by Grandier's audacious literary works, which attacked the clerical celibacy and took aim at the Cardinal himself in scathing satire. So if we know anything about history, um, influential people do not like being written about. They don't like journalists. They don't like news people. They're all, it's, you know, it's not like today where you can just go on Twitter and go, it's fake news. Don't worry about it. Um, and then expect everyone, like everyone to just listen to you. Uh, these powerful people didn't, couldn't do that. They couldn't just be like, just don't listen to them. LOL. And, and all the stupid stuff they're saying about me. So Grandier was like very much pre all these possessions, like throwing shots at Cardinal Richelieu in like these satire uh, stories he was distributing. So Cardinal Richelieu did not like him. Um, and then, so when all of this stuff happened, the Cardinal was like, oh, I'll get involved. And he basically just decided to um, handle it himself. So Grandier, once hailed as a heroic figure in the face of the plague, because he was still like giving services to people during the plague, was now arrested for bringing for having a pact with the devil and possessing all these nuns. So, as we know from last time, he had his trial, and it was really horrible. The trial was really horrible. What they did to him was really horrible. They um, tortured him and stuff, and they put him to death. However, um, that didn't actually stop anything. The demonic possessions persisted, and like. One of the possessed 
like went on a vision pilgrimage and then all of a sudden no one was possessed anymore. Sketch. And then she wrote a book about it. Sketch. Okay, so what do we think happened here, right? In the intricate web of historical interpretation, a controversial theory emerges challenging the widespread accepted narrative surrounding the haunting events of Luden. A sinister plot attributed to Cardinal Richelieu himself, unhappy with Grenier's open criticism of him. So that is kind of what, like, a lot of historians kind of believe what happened is that Cardinal Richelieu stands as a towering figure revered for his political acumen and statementship. However, this alternative narrative suggests a darker side to his legacy. The idea that it was a calculated manipulation of events orchestrated to crush an outspoken critic. Yes. So that's what people think happened. People think, or historians genuinely believe Cardinal Richelieu, um, like, kind of convinced this head nun, Jean Deongs, this head nun to make everyone act possessed or just, I mean, super religious people, all you have to do is kind of hint that they might be possessed and bam, they're going to act possessed. So it's kind of maybe this idea that like he got together with Sean and was like, hey, um, get all the nuns possessed so I can crush this guy who's writing these horrible things about me. And then we'll just say you're the hero who, uh, got all the possessions away and then you can write a book. Honestly, I'm just saying we see that happen today very openly and like no one bats an eye. So anyways, that's kind of like what we think happened with the nuns. So I just wanted to give you an update. Uh, okay. So we have a ghost alert from listener Laura, and this was on the Facebook group. Ghost alert. Quick backstory. My partner and I moved to our apartment in San Diego in October of 2022. It's pretty standard, 20-unit, two-story building in a busy neighborhood. I think the building has been around since the 50s or 60s and hasn't really been updated. So the structure and character of the original building has stayed pretty much the same, but it's super old. Um, I noticed some ghost-like phenomena when we moved in, chiefly that the main light fixture in the kitchen would flip on and off on its own, and things in the bathroom tend to jump off their shelves pretty frequently. I attributed this to the lack of building updates, faulty electrical work, breezing, uh, blowing things out of place, etc. However, tonight I got what I consider to be pretty definitive proof that it's not just us in here. It was about 2 a.m. I was sitting on my couch doom scrolling through Instagram, aren't we all, when out of nowhere our smoke detector started going off on full blast. Not like beep or like a test or out of batteries. I mean really screaming as though there was an actual fire. I, I had long since finished cooking for the day. No one was smoking in the apartment and nothing seemed to be going on in neighboring units. I was scrambling to find a step stool to turn it off, but after a minute, it shut off uh, as suddenly as it started. I don't get the feeling that this ghost is malevolent, but perhaps they are a bit lonely or anxious. I definitely feel like this energy is trying to get my attention in some way, but I don't feel threatened. Maybe I should try striking up a conversation. Has anyone tried this before? Um, 
maybe yeah maybe like some like very neutral stuff maybe like put out a little thing of water and like a little um piece of bread for the ghost and then maybe you can like have a com- try to have a conversation with the ghost be like hey what was with that smoke detector are you trying to like tell us something and then um maybe during if you like regularly meditate maybe you'll receive information that way maybe you'll receive information via dream but yeah try to strike up a conversation like see what's going on if you don't feel like it's dangerous i say go for it and not only do i say go for it but like give us an update um i have something very similar uh in the house i live in is the first time i've ever seen things jump off of shelves i have this one stand that holds things like olive oil and vinegar and stuff and the stuff on it will just come crashing down constantly and um i've checked i've taken a uh, leveler and I've checked it. Like it's completely level. It's not leaning. The shelf's not leaning. The counter's not leaning. Like it's completely level. But every once in a while, uh, once every few months, everything just comes crashing down. And I actually got to witness it recently. I was walking by it and I heard the scraping of the bottle against the uh, metal holder or whatever. And I like turned around and I was like, no. <laughs> And I held it in place because uh, I was like, not today. It was the first time I ever witnessed it mid-occurrence. Um, but yeah, just strike up a conversation. Just be like, hey, what's up? Put out some water, piece of bread, and just maybe like a glass of wine. Pour a little bit if you're having some. And just like be like, hey, what's up? You're trying to get my attention. Is there something you're worried about? Is there something I need to know? And then just see what information you get. Um, but I'm super, I'm super curious about this, so keep us updated. All right, which is I'm sorry if I, if I'm talking like extra fast this episode. I have I'm try I have like a a place I have to be pretty soon. Um hence my like talking very very fast. But I apologize. We are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to listener Christy Hendrickson. Christy, you scintillating dreamlike fire dragon. Dana D, you avant-garde graceful vampire. Dancing Crone, you bombistic, cunning spider queen. And finally, Don Howard, you insidious, charming fire dragon. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. And before we leave, we do have a card pull today. Our card is the star from the Buffy Tarot. The star. Kendra, no last name, fully embraces her power and allows it to shine through in everything she does. How can you unleash your inner star? When the star card rises in your reading, it means you are capable of all things. You can teach yourself demonology, master a wide range of weapons, and even slay ancient vampires like it's no big deal. Keep believing in your power because it is not just a part of you, it is all of you. All right, witches. Um, that's all I've got for you today. Uh, don't forget any books, decks, headline sources. Anything we've talked about can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And that's it. Uh, we will talk next week. Yes, it's Friday. Next week. Okay. Bye. Witches. We hope you have a wonderful day full of joy 
and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day.